please, Mark? Sure. Okay, here we go. This reading comes from page 22 of the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous from There is a Solution. It's the bottom paragraph on page 22. It states, we know that while the alcoholic keeps away from drink, as he may do for months or years, he reacts much like other men. We are equally positive that once he takes any alcohol, whatever, into his system, something happens both in the bodily and mental sense, which makes it virtually impossible for him to stop. The experience of any alcoholic will abundantly confirm this. These observations would be academic and pointless if our friend never took the first drink, thereby setting the terrible cycle in motion. Therefore, the main problem of the alcoholic centers in his mind rather than in his body. If you ask him why he started on that last bender, the chances are he will offer you any one of a hundred alibis. Sometimes these excuses have a certain plausibility, but none of them really make sense in the light of the havoc an alcoholic's drinking bout creates. They sound like the philosophy of a man who having a headache beats himself in the head with a hammer so that he can't feel the ache. If you draw this fallacious reasoning to, his, to the attention of an alcoholic, he will laugh it off or become irrita irritated and refuse to talk. Once in a while, he may tell the truth. And the truth, strange to say, is usually that he has no more idea why he took the first drink than you have. Some drinkers have excuses which, which, which they are satisfied part of the time, but in their hearts, they really do not know why they do it. Once this malady has a real hold, they are a baffled lot. There is the obsession that somehow, someday, they will beat the game, but they often suspect they are down for the count. How true this is, few realize. In a vague way, their families and friends sense that these drinkers are abnormal, but everybody hopefully awaits the day when the sufferer will ruse from his lethargy and assert his power of will. Hope you get something out of that. Thank you for letting me read. Thanks, Mike. And Thanks, uh, with that, over to you, Paul. Uh, yeah, well, there's a lot there, but I wanted to, uh, Paul Alcoholic, thanks for having us, hey, having cool. me today, uh, where he says that uh, the truth, strange to say, is usually that he has no more idea why he took that first drink than you have. See, the language that we listen to and use all day to communicate and to describe and to narrate is predominantly we're in us the subject role like we're the doer we're the thinker we're the feeler we're the haver which in a way is a, an incredible camouflage for a foreign pathogen let's say to sort of live through us because how we understand ourselves and things is through concepts or language yeah and therefore and our language is very subjective oriented it has it's it's constantly when we speak we're speaking as if we have a lot to say about a shit we have nothing to say about really so this is a very interesting recognition where he basically admits he has no freaking idea why he took that drink because he didn't take the drink yeah something else took the drink he was led by something else to take that drink he had no freaking idea that there was an agenda running side by side with what he calls his agenda or her agenda. And that agenda has more juice than your agenda does. 
And basically, it leads to a, to a point in time where the alcoholic hopefully will admit that he's powerless, that something has him. Instead of him having something like, I have alcoholism, it's, it's better described by alcoholism has me. It, to me, that fits much better the feeling of when I was under the influence, that something had me, not that I was having something. Yeah, I may be saying I'm having the drinks, but while I'm having the drink or the drugs, something is actually having me. Yeah, and a lot of us, without knowing it, this is the case. So we come to a, a rude awakening. Hopefully, we crown it with the term the bottom, our bottom. But basically, I lived on a bottom. There wasn't an event called the bottom. That was a state, that was the basic continuing state of affairs. What is called the bottom is when I moved away from it. That's what I, that segment of bottom, I call the bottom because I have something to compare it with. I moved away from it. Something took me out of that bottom. Yeah, but <laughs> again, it's like I had a bottom. I mean, who the hell would choose to have a bottom? The bottom had me, yeah? I was, all my efforts was to try to get out of the feeling of what the bottom feels like. I was trying to forget, change my feelings, do whatever. Just, I'm a doorman for the cat. It keeps coming in and out. <laughs> That's who I serve, the cat. So, uh, <laughs> so this statement, I mean, what it, doesn't it feel different that you, when you are in recovery from alcoholism, it's like alcoholism had me and now alcoholism doesn't have me. Yeah, it's not like I had alcoholism, but it had me and now it doesn't have me sufficiently that caused me to drink and use. Yeah, it may be an irritant, it may be annoying, but at least I'm not going to jail for it anymore. <laughs> You know what I mean? I'm not getting run over by a car twice that night because I listened to it. I, it doesn't have that hold over me anymore. Yeah? It's not like I'm free of the hold as if I broke the hold. Something has changed the conditions. And now that used, that used to dominate me doesn't dominate me anymore. That used to use me for transportation doesn't, doesn't get the keys to the car anymore. Yeah? And so, and that's a lovely condition to live in. And it's nice to be clear that something's doing for me what I can't do for myself. I think that's a very, very clear understanding of what's happening. And if I stay in that understanding, it keeps doing for me what I can't do for myself. Yeah, I get to stay sober every day. Yeah. <laughs> and then all the particulars you can bitch about and get concerned with, which are valid at the moment, is, is a, that's, a, that's an allowance that sobriety has given us, that we can come to these squares. Can you imagine if we were all active cocaine people? Someone would leave the square every 10 minutes. They'd have to go to the bathroom to do a line. Yeah, they'd be in, oh, I gotta go. The square would go blank. They'd go out and come back. I do. Oh, you can see them, you know, selling their TV. You know, hey, wait a minute. Got to go. <laughs> it would be the person wouldn't be able to sit still. 
because that fucking parasite is agitated yeah it's it's ravenous it needs us to get what it wants and so what it how does he do with that it disturbs us you know what i mean just like we have a new dog a new puppy so there's a pet we put it in the pen outside it starts disturbing us by yelping and screaming to get its way so finally we've had enough okay come on in this is what the parasite of alcoholism does it irritates us to the point we are led to fuck it and then we get loaded yeah <laughs> just before that just to get that tiny relief in that moment that feels like eternity we do something we're led to do something very stupid and then maybe maybe you're one of the lucky ones that escaped consequences i wasn't when i act out i have extreme consequences there's no there's no, it's not like i get a slap on the wrist i get a five-year sentence yeah it's just it's extreme so it behooves me it behooves me to to stay in the humble state of yes something is doing for me what i can't do for myself and it's protecting me from that fucking thing doing something through me that i would never do for my by myself yeah it's not allowing the parasite to have access into my life yeah it may still appear in the head but it's not accessing my life it's not producing tons of resentments and seeing things as threats and living in anxiety all day yes or um or um completely captured by time none of that's is applicable right now none of that all that's been muted muted yeah and i know what caused it and i know what maintains it yeah and it ain't me and it ain't you it's something i don't know i don't care to know it i want to i'd rather be it or be at its effect than have some freaking idea about it yeah i would i just want us you know the freedom is more than enough i don't care you know the whoever delivered the i don't care that whatever delivered i don't care to know its name you know oh steve delivered i want the freedom yeah that's the freedom is the key to enjoy so yeah i feel uh the way i've read aa ever since one day is to see that this disease or this mental activity is like a foreign pathogen it really is it's like something got into our bloodstream and co-mingled with the rest of the blood and like it says in the when he talks about fear fear is a corroding thread that runs through the fabric of our existence all right what would happen if the fabric of our existence was let's say a dark brown and the corroding thread was a dark brown it would be very difficult to find the thread of fear in the fabric of our existence because it blends in yes it becomes a norm we're we're just we're, we've adapted to being anxious all the fucking time yeah we have our little ways to try to deal with something that's fucking totally undealable with yeah and so we live sort of basically tithing to the disease so that the big thing that we're super afraid of won't happen while it sucks life out of us all day to me that's slavery yeah and you hear it when people share they share the effects of the solution and then but and then they they talk about the constant reality of the problem fuck you know 
you can't serve two masters at the same time and a lot of us are serving two masters in one sentence we say a big beginning part oh i'm feeling so much just but i'm still the fuck up that i've always been yes it's in one sentence both of them you can't serve two masters at the same time can you imagine being free from alcoholism and yet petrified of it all day is that freedom shit i don't see it that way freedom isn't you're looking over your shoulder every second <laughs> that's that's not freedom i'm not enjoying peace of mind at that moment i'm not yeah so uh i think everyone here has been here before we just attempt to put it into a context of first let's get clear on the root of the disease yeah the root of the disease and this is just a humble opinion if you don't agree it's fine if you agree it's fine i'm just putting it out there because uh i sure would have liked to have heard it when i came into AA. i swear i would have liked to have heard it i had to go through a lot of years to come to this point and i'm just trying to put it out there and make it a little easier because all the information is there it's just you got the wrong detective on the case the problem is playing the detective it's not putting two and two together it doesn't want you to look at your role in things because you'll see its role in things you will if you have the right guidance you will see how self has defeated us by doing a simple inventory of its common manifestations if you have the right guidance to point it out you will have at, at least an intellectual understanding that there's a foreign pathogen that you is usually influential in your life yeah and therefore and you'll see how it has handcuffed you by being identified as as it the only way you can entertain peace is being peace peaceful as that the only way you can entertain freedom is freedom as that when the freedom is from that yeah you have to see it as something other than you to be able to entertain being free from it. You cannot entertain being free from it when you're identified as it. It doesn't work. It does not work. You'll try, you'll be in the act of trying to be free as it, yes? Which is another form of slavery. Instead of the iron shackles, they're gold, but they're still shackles, yes? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so... The language is, is, has been completely taken over by the parasite. It uses it constantly to refer back to it. Completely. Uh, it doesn't want you to feel the, the verb of living, which is seeing. It wants you to be the seer. The seer, the seer all day. The feeler, the thinker. And therefore, you get an interpretation based on seeing, hearing, feeling, tasting, touching, and it's titled seer hearer feeler taster toucher yeah and i'll tell you an interpretation is drier than the fog you know the wetness of the water it's completely dry compared to the wetness of actually living yeah so there you go thank you so much thank you very much paul and uh, now it's time um if you've got a question about what paul um has just spoken about or anything to do with the steps then um, please raise your hand, um, or that means that I've got to ask a question, and 
we always know what fun that can be. But um, well, I do have a question, Paul, um, which which came up um, when when they say cunning, baffling, and powerful. Um, it's occurred to me, like you sort of saying, the exact nature of the wrong is actually for us to believe that that voice is us, and what you're saying is that that voice is not us. So, is the cunning, baffling, powerful thing is that it keeps on slipping back into control, or how does that how does that work that I don't keep getting mesmerised by that little voice? Is that the steps? Well, that's the foundation of a life getting less and less uh, captured by that. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. The recovery from alcoholism sets up very beneficial conditions to be able to see the exact nature of the wrong. And by seeing it as not you, there's a very strong possibility of a lot of free time, free time from it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Okay. All it's right. Still so. gonna be, it's still part of the of the corporation. It's just not going to have the majority vote anymore. Oh. Yeah. Okay. So when yeah. you're selling you the new product line, the what the product line that's going to be released isn't has nothing to do with its plans. Yeah. The yeah. new product for you Paul is you'll be divorced you're going to be in jail in August you'll be <laughs> fucking whatever living in a refrigerator box nope. thank God it's a minority vote <laughs> yeah. it doesn't have any more real power so it can irritate you but it, it's not compelling you to act and if it's not compelling you to act fucking honor that freedom because that's a huge freedom yeah, mm. it doesn't like following it and ending up in jail for six months or getting run over by a car and having a f- effects for 38 years. Yeah, so see through mm. the irritation, but do not allow it to get on the steering wheel because it's going to drive you to the same old fucking parking spaces inevitably. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, you, you certainly helped me. Um... A lot a couple of weeks ago i found myself doing that i got a i got a, a, a bit of a flash of road rage uh, which hasn't happened in a long time and um and i and it took me a day to sort of get back from that because it just seemed to be it's cunning baffling and powerful and i it was just old behavior and i just i was i was i was gobsmacked so thank you very much for your help with that um as always but we've got a, a, a hand we say it's cunning baffling and powerful but what our new employer is all powerful mm-hmm all wise yeah Mm. so basically the little the smaller god is outmatched by the larger god yeah absolutely yeah yeah don't try to keep knowing the larger god from the smaller god he's going to give you a lot of bad information (laughs) yeah propaganda yeah definitely so it it plays god in your pursuit of finding God. That's what it does. Mm. Mm. It claims all the while we're living, it's claiming to be the one that's living. And most of the day, we're living under that trance that I am that one that's living. That's not living. That's dreaming, basically. That's an interpretation. All the while, what's available, let's call it the higher power or the grace, is always available at all times 
no matter where you are or what condition you think you're in, it's always available at all times, right where we are, with no requirement necessary to meet it, except the ones that you fucking set up. Yeah. Yeah. Do you ever hear? Do you ever read the uh, the story of the prodigal son in in the New Testament? Yes. It's sort of like an alcoholic life, right? So there's the. <laughs> The kid, he's pretty, he's in a really good situation, but he's irritable, restless, discontent. He decides to say, fuck you, dad, and leave this nice suburban area, goes out, goes to the den of iniquities, gets loaded, gets addicted. And then he's super guilty because he all the while thinks he's the one that's done all this terrible shit. So mm-hmm. he can't be he can't surrender and go back to his father because he thinks he's guilty and therefore in a weird way he has to pay the penance for it and he ends up in a pigsty fighting over a corn cob from a pig and he has the realization he has the bottom he realizes he's completely fucked yeah and then at that moment that moment the whole scene changes they don't talk how or why and there's no time that passed he's suddenly on the road and it meeting his father his father's embracing him putting a new ring on his thing giving him some nice clothes and saying hey well we've been waiting for you there's a feast ready mm-hmm. which means the feast has always been ready yeah it's mm-hmm. not up to that god it's us yeah we're too busy taking guilt and shame based on shit that we had nothing to do with if you put cocaine in my system i was apt to do almost fucking anything yeah <laughs> you are you gonna tell me you can sit and try to convince me i did all that shit for the rest of your life i'm not gonna believe it i saw it as something other than me yeah i dance with the gorilla and you know I was going to stop when the gorilla wanted to stop, basically. (laughs) The gorilla wasn't innate. It was busy. It was fucking doing a lot of shit through Paul. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I I did all my amends. I, I was responsible, but it led to accountability. I have not stayed responsible for all that shit that happened through me 30 something years ago. I'm, I was, I'm accountable for it. Yeah. It's sort Mm -hmm. of like, yeah. I'm represented as the boot on the Monopoly board. So whatever the boot fucking did, I'm accountable for, but I'm not the fucking boot. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So you can call me a boot. You can call yourself a boot. I don't give a shit. I'm not a boot. So I have had a huge relief from the first step, the first part of it. I realized completely I was powerless. Hmm. Powerless. I was apt to do almost anything. Yeah. Hmm. And if I believe if you're a real addict or a real alcoholic, you've had an intimate enough of an experience of that condition. Did you actually choose to do all that shit you were doing? Give me a fucking break. Hmm. It's like you think you choose to stay alive. Are you breathing every second? Are you making a choice? Hmm. Are you gulping in air? Of course not. Are you pumping your blood? No, you're not doing ton. You're not doing much at all. Mm. We think we're so important. We're out to lunch one third of the day. We're sleeping. Mm-hmm. We have a 
it's, we're a very small role, and whatever did set this up knew not to give us much power. So most of all the things that keep us alive are involuntary. The only process of the body that's half voluntary is breathing. That's it. You can't, oh, I'm going to pump my blood faster now. You can't, you're, you're, you're a product of some other power. <laughs> I can't believe that we keep assuming this incredible self-centered importance mm-hmm. when we're not. Yeah. If my eye is open, I'm going to see what's ever there. I could have made a vow this morning. I'm never going to see a tree. And if my eyes open and it goes past the window, I'm seeing a tree. <laughs> Where's the power of the great Paul? There isn't much. Mm. Mm. It's just insane to me. Mm. It's insane that people are carrying resentments of 40 years ago because they call them theirs. They've mm. groomed it, they've combed it for 40 fucking years. That resentment has them. Just like basically from the cat's point of view, the cat has me. I feed it, I open the door for it, I read it telepathically. Mm. Basically, it's the boss, the cat. Mm. Yeah, but Mm. there's a story, there's a (laughs) story that I'm the one. It's called self-centeredness. Yeah, it's just extremely stubborn Mm. and it doesn't, it's not gonna come around uh, you can bring tons of evidence to it. You're never going to convince it. Yeah, you've got to bypass it. You can't go to the. You can't get relief from the mental through the mental. It doesn't work. Yeah. Now, David, just yeah. as it is, how long did you, how long did that road rage last? Did you go on the internet, follow the license plate, see whose car it was, send them some fucking, somehow, uh, no. uh, email and threaten them? Probably no. not. Yes? No. no. It was gone maybe in half an hour. What would have happened years and years ago? You would have followed the person off the exit ramp, fucking have. Oh, Jesus Christ. I've, I've done that. I have definitely done that in the past, yeah. It's been a yeah. huge change. Yeah, yeah. Uh, do you think the change has stopped? You're in a process of changing. Mm. We're mm. always thinking the we got to get to the end point. There is no end point. Maybe mm. when you pass away, but you won't be there to know anyway. Mm. Mm. We're, on the, we're constantly under the influence of something. Like it says... This higher power is going to constantly reveal to us shit. Yeah, constantly. Mm. Yeah. So mm. this day, we're changing just like we were changing yesterday and tomorrow. Hopefully, mm. the change is directed by some sound principle and a power that's greater than the fucking mental state. Yeah? And that for, therefore, the change has an incredible theme in it, which is growth you grow out of the old shit and you grow into some new shit. Yeah? Perhaps there's a better way, trusting something infinite rather than finite self. That's it. You tell the truth that you were objectively 
having faith in finite self, yeah? And mm-hmm. now something has done for you what you couldn't do for yourself, and that faith is being moved to the infinite, yeah? See how your life looks. Yeah? You don't cause the effects, but you can observe them. You can. You can observe that you've changed. You didn't change you. You observe that you've changed. You have, you know, we're not two levels below a coconut. We can see this shit. Hmm. Or other people will see it in us. Hey, Paul, you look, you're traveling a lot different than you used to be. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Yeah. I wanted to just do a follow-up on that just quickly because we had a couple of hands up um, in the column. I want to give everyone a go, but is there a state in which that parasite, as you call it, or the gorilla, where that dissipates totally, where there's there's a, a, a where that goes? Is, does that happen? Does does that happen where the parasite just dissolves and we become free of it? It happens a lot of times during the day, hmm. but the parasite tends not to want to report it for sure. <laughs> Just like you have tons of miracles, how long do they last in your head? About 20 minutes? Yeah. But a fucking perceived resentment you've been, you know, giving blood to for 40 years. There's a bias, a complete bias in the mental state. And we've been relying on the mental state forever. Yeah? Yeah. And we're still hoping that somehow we can we can turn the mental state into a service animal or you know fucking yes. a friend and shit at this point it has a parasitical nature yeah it wants to use you it's not going to allow you to use it i'm just telling you yeah <laughs> okay. yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay you know you'd have to we'd have to spend a lot of time together to really attempt to express the intimacy of what we're crudely attempting to point to yeah you have to get the feeling of it while living and Mm -hmm. the solution you 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 understand the problem from the solution. That's how it works, yeah? Mm-hmm. You fall on to something, something gets revealed, and at that moment, while you're at the casino of life, you put your money on, let's say, square 38 on the roulette table. And every time, every rotation, you just keep it on square 38, black 38, through thicker, yeah. th- and uh, so much gets fucking revealed. Yeah. Are you fucked or not? Do you think you have another game at this point? Really? No. This is the being convinced is probably one of the most important requirements of the twelve step program. Being convinced. Mm. Yeah. If you're not, you're in the act of being convinced right now. But being convinced is a... That that platform allows a, a lot of other programs to be built and changed, yeah? Yeah. Yeah. 
Great. Thank you very much, Paul. Um, that's very good of you. Um, so we've got two. That which we're taking to be ourselves is never going to be convinced. The being convinced is where I feel is available in what AA calls the innermost. It's not available in the head. The head is a binary system. It's convinced, unconvinced, convinced, unconvinced. Mm. It can't stabilize, yeah? Mm. But there's something in us that is stable. And to me, when I got struck sober, something bypassed the head and hit the innermost, which I didn't even know was up there, and it just was became so obvious that I was fucked, yeah, and that I was not managerial quality, and it's never been debated or reviewed in thirty something years. It was being convinced completely, yeah. And I have to admit that has given a lot of other possibilities to this this action figure. That basis of being convinced. If you're not, life will assist you. Because you're going to get fucked again. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, I'm hoping you're done before so you're done. You are going to pass away sooner or later. But what's the great joy in in an al- addict or an alcoholic's life is is being done to recover from the alcoholism before you're done. Because at least you'll have another life. Yeah. Free from the uh, the dominant influence of alcoholism. Yeah. Okay, so um, we've got two hands up. We'll go to Stephen first, then Justin, and then we've got somebody on Facebook as well. Stephen, over to you, mate. Do you want to ask a question? Go on, Steve. Hi, Paul. Uh, hi, I'm, I'm Steve. I'm an alcoholic. Nice to see you, Steve. Oh, yes. How are you doing? Uh, it was just, I mean, I'd... What can I ten years in recovery, and can I in and out relapses? And I, I went through the program what four times, and I I was eleven months clean and sober, and I relapsed, and I got a sponsor, another sponsor, and I went through the steps. This was the last time, and on step two, I had this experience where I felt what bliss and joy. And just laughing hysterically, I was myself, and it was like it was like being on drugs. And and it's like after I done like shared my step four, my mind's been quiet and stuff like that. But really, I mean, I can observe things, and I know it's consciousness, but it's observing. But I can still feel. Can I? I don't feel happy and joyous. Is that still what I, I think I've, I've said to you before? What? Because I thought I thought to a large extent I'd get rid of ego, so I just want to thank you because it wasn't until I heard your message that I've actually seen that it's the self. It's I've been identified as the observer. And this morning I woke up and my mind has just been totally at peace. That's never happened. I've not every every morning I wake up. And my, my mind is negative for when I wake up. I need to pray and meditate first before it quiets. Do you know what I mean? So I just I just really want to thank you. Well, my yeah, thank you, bro. Hey, listen to 
Yeah, just thanks. Yeah. This is the just the point. I mean, if you went to see a good movie, wouldn't you go tell other people about it? Shit. Yeah. yeah. It's just a natural response a lot of us have. Like with AA, you know, AA, hey, gave me this bus schedule to, you know, to take the bus out of hell. I mean, why wouldn't I take that bus back and offer the fucking schedule to other people? Yeah, yeah. And so the point is, it's not so much about being happy, joyous, and free. It's to be of maximum use. Yeah. And yeah. we don't really know what that entails. That's where faith comes in. To know that you're in good hands because sometimes the posture or the position you're in scares something in you. You're feeling like whatever, but you're in good hands. Yeah. 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 I mean, that's uh and I'd, I'd, I'd give up happiness and joy for a long-lasting contentment and satisfaction any day, to tell you the truth. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I yeah. feel like, uh, yeah, contentment and satisfaction is maybe not as exciting as happiness and joy, but it's quite, it's quite reliable, yeah? Because if, the, if, you're, if your attitude and outlook of life gets changed, that can become a stabilized basis, contentment and satisfaction. Pretty damn good, eh? Yeah. So, Steve, not of Paris, but of Glasgow, thank you. For the thank you, Paul. Thanks. A miracle. A miracle. <laughs> That's wonderful. Steve, thanks very much. Yes, thank thanks you, Steve. Much. Nice to watch you. Yeah. yeah. And then, um, Justin. How are you? Do you want to come in, mate? Good to see you from Amsterdam. Justin from Amsterdam. Amsterdam. Yes. Uh, I might have to close my video because uh, I'm, I'm not sure if you can uh, hear me. We can. We can hear you now. That's good. Okay. Nice to meet you uh, again, Paul. Uh, thank you. Um, I've, I've got some questions around uh, my addiction and that started with porn porno uh, from the internet um it's not your addiction no addiction has you yeah you don't have it yeah and i love uh, yeah I, I listened to you this last year and you invite uh, i feel invited to go back to 12 steps program i have been in the past and now i'm back Oh, I got to plug my accu in. One, one minute. One second. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes. Don't take your finger out of the dike. Okay. Yeah. 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 Um, but I'm in the m most strictest program now. And that's, uh, they say, uh, yeah, we want to have sobriety. That means no sex with anybody except if you are married to uh, a wife for now and i feel like, yeah for now exactly yeah. and for me I, I i feel like yeah at least i should give my system a break from all sex to yeah, yeah to give it rest so i think that's good but i'm struggling with uh, because it's a, also a natural impulse a lot of people there are fighting with 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 nature and that has millions of years of of of, of driving force i mean it's healthy in a way to notice a female who has the curves and who feels like yes, uh, this is 
just a, this is just a radical thing because of uh, the prior conditions of the people there. It's not going to stay radical forever, but it, you need a maybe a rigid condition for some change to be affected. Yeah. Yeah. True. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's true. And I wanted to ask you maybe if you can talk a little bit about your uh, around your sexuality in your recovery when you started, how how you dealt with difficulties. Oh, oh well, uh, well. Remember, I I truly believed this the uh, diagnosis of we were people who were incapable of having a a viable relation with another human being that was the condition I was in out there. And, uh, and to see the drugs and stuff bring you into a f world of fantasy, mental fantasy, the cocaine of really assists that. And so I got to play out a lot of my mental fantasies, sexual mental fantasies with other people on coke. And, uh, it taught me a whole lot because it was very, very empty. Doing everything that I've ever thought I'd wanted to do really was quite empty. What I was left with, and that was uh, that was a rude awakening. So I came into recovery, and I was willing, and I was I was clear I needed to have a change in how I saw people females especially yeah and i was obviously not going to be the one who would cause that change so i stayed open to it and life changed my uh changed me quite a lot i had one experience of of sexual addiction sober so first i had the alcohol and the drugs and then i got addicted to this woman having sex with her uh in about my eighth year or something and that was an incredible revealing episode, unbelievably. Uh, I figured I'd have to go around, get out of the country to get away from her. And there I was in Turkey trying to put money into the thing to keep the phone going while I was trying to get, talk to her. And I'd so frustrated because 50 cents, I couldn't, so I, it wasn't working getting 30,000 miles away, my head was still going back and going back. But I couldn't act out because she was, at least I took myself out of the equation. And then I got back after a while to America and I tried to con connect with her the first day, yeah? And then try to do that again. And what happened was I had a... I had... And I had never had this kind of drive. I've had it with drugs and alcohol, but not with a person. And uh, so I remember one night I was, uh, the worst shit would hit on, on holidays, yeah? So I was going to see her on New Year's Eve, and uh, I wanted to get into a fight with her, yeah? So I started trying to act out. And then I say, I storm out as if, but I didn't really want to leave. I just wanted to act like I wanted to leave. So I would get down in the car and I realized I don't want to leave. So I'd call her up to try to re-engage. And I thought this sort of beast was coming out. And I went back upstairs and I asked that power. And I had been 
you know, I had I couldn't practice these principles in all my affairs, so I limited my affairs for quite a while. Yeah, because I didn't want this this possessive, rageful thing to come out, and uh, it and it was. And I was getting ready to put my foot in my mouth, and then something intervened, yeah? And it never has never come back strong, and that thing with that woman just fizzled out, yeah? And uh, I've never returned to that uh, classroom again. Hopefully I was convinced of what I needed to be convinced of. So, uh, yeah, I would, if I was having an act of addiction and you've been introduced to recovery, there's a couple of things to rely on. Ask that power to do for you what you can't do for yourself. Yeah? When you see that which you're not driving you to that condition, then go use steps step six and seven if you've done the inventories before and, and say, hey, I'm entirely ready to have this shit removed or reconfigured and ask that power to do it. This is the way of recovery. So why not live that way? Yeah. So take it, take that which has taken you and offer it over to the care of this higher power and let that higher power reconfigure it because really it's just energy. That energy could really serve you and serve others through you when it's contorted by the mental state and it becomes like a fucking flagellation tool, yeah, it doesn't work well for you or others. But basically, the higher power can take it out of that fucking posture of addiction and be and put it to great use now, yeah? Yeah, what is addiction? In one way, what it drives addiction is energy, yeah? That energy could be directed by something better or greater than the mental state. That energy has a lot of value in it if it's directed well. Yeah? So, yeah. Use this program. Admit your powerlessness over this thing. Yeah? You know, when, it's, when something has, is doing for you what you can't do for yourself, honor that. I pay attention to it, yeah? Honor it, because that's the better way. How you know you're on the better way is by honoring the demonstrations of the better way in your life, yeah? Instead of constantly honoring the fucking parasite, yeah? Honor the new, the new influence or that new power flowing in. Please. This is, our, this is our actually great joy is to honor what's doing through us what we could not do for ourselves. Honor it, yeah? Because it wants to saddle you with the old story. You're always going to be fucked. You know, you're not. It's not, a, it's not a given. You're at a crossroads. If you saddle up with the higher power, that crossroad is going to take you somewhere completely different where, the, where you went before. That's what happens. Yeah. So stick with us, Justin. Get a good sponsor in that program. Mm-hmm. Take his suggestions. If they get too crazy, bounce them off other people you respect and then, you know, become a, you know, this design for living. Yeah. Yeah. 
The design reveals itself. Once you start allowing it to apply, it works. That's the beauty of it. It doesn't need a lot of advertising. It fucking works. Yeah? <laughs> yeah. So, all right. Thanks, bro. Thank you very much, Justin. Thanks, Paul. Um, and just before we go, we've got a couple more hands up. We've got a question on Facebook. And would you like to ask that question for uh, the guy, please? Absolutely. Okay, Andrew is saying that he surrendered and gave his life to God. And when he thought out of nowhere to, uh, to pick up, um, and then, then he didn't, would you, would you say that that's a step one experience where I knew what to do? And am I now surrendered within? And he also brought in uh, the parasite, uh, asking if that was the parasite thought that was overwrote, overwritten. For sure, over, yeah, of course. It talks to us as us, but mm. you'll be able to, you'll get a sense of it after a while and be able to recognize it's the propaganda channel. <laughs> you will, so. Uh, yes, it was a first step thing. Something did for you what you couldn't have done for yourself a week or two ago. So yes, the process, the program is working. Hallelujah. Yeah. It's not hallelujah that it works. It's hallelujah that you allowed it to work. That's the hallelujah. Yeah. That's being clear that you're fucked. You start allowing something else to work in your life. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think I answered them all. Eh? Yeah. Thank you very much for that asking on Facebook. Thank you very much. And uh, Donovan has got this a question. Oh. View. This is just the members I view. Yeah. I don't have anything to say. It comes, something comes through. Yeah. I yeah. do have 30 something years of observing recovery in myself and others. Yeah, I have that. And, uh, and, you know, after years of stuff, certain things get clear. You recognize it. Yeah. You re and then, I don't know, uh, it just led me to being godsmacked. And uh, I was, it was revealed. And I used that statement on page 64 that, hey, I was convinced that self manifested in various ways is what has defeated us. And that quickly and slowly, but inexorably stopped the defeats of self in my life. It's just that fucking simple. Yeah. So therefore, I have great confidence in the diagnosis. Yeah, because I got the relief. Yeah, the relief is what is is the proof in the pudding, a stabilized relief from the problem. You're on to the solution at that point. Yes. <laughs> and the problem is an act of being identified. It is. So the fabric of our existence is brown. This fear and this selfing is is a brown thread and it's running through the fabric of our existence and we can't tell which is which. Yeah. That's the dilemma. 
you bring into you bring spirit into the mix and it will tell you which is which yes first it will say it's not a it's not a threat of fear it's a threat of mental anxiety <laughs> that's what it is yeah i mean some of us have lived a very fear inducing life like been in threatening situations but most of us are being bombarded by mental anxiety that produces us uh, mimics the physiological emotional nervous uh, sense of uh, reaction to fear but it's not fear based yeah there's no apparent threat it's being made up yeah in one's head <laughs> i mean jesus we're making shit out of nothing all day doesn't that blow your mind See, we think we're all powerful in a very weird way. We are all powerful. That's why the light that we are needs to be directed by something with fucking wisdom or it's going to incinerate us or it's going to burn the fucking house down. Yeah, because it's got a lot of damn juice. Yeah, and the mental state loves to grab that fire hose and create fucking havoc. Yeah. And we can't turn over the fire hose. We can make a decision to turn over that fire hose. And we need to do the working steps to facilitate that turnover. We don't turn over ourselves to God. We turn over self to God. Yeah. Yeah. In this example, God is the only thing that can put it in its place. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Using the terminology of AA, I don't believe in a, a God as that. To me, it's more of a, a field, but whatever. I'm, I try to speak with the re, recovery words like self and shit like that. I also don't believe in self. I believe in an activity called selfing. That's what I believe in. Yeah. But, you know, speak like a Roman when you're in Rome. Yeah. So yeah i don't want it misleading i don't believe there's something called self i believe there's an activity called selfing that implies a self yeah to be clear so it's a verbing that implies a noun we usually swallow the noun to be us and now we're thinking we're doing a lot of shit that it's actually doing <laughs> it's insane it truly is but hey <laughs> So we've got uh, two more hands up there. Um, Donovan, we'll go to you first. Donovan, have you got a question for Paul? Yeah, sure. Thanks. Thanks, y'all. Thanks, everybody, for being here. Uh, Donovan, alcoholic, uh, coming to y'all from North Carolina. Uh, Paul, oh. it's good to meet you, Paul. Nice uh, to meet you. Yeah, I got about two and a half years in recovery and uh, stumbled across your, uh, your stuff about 48 hours ago. So it's been really neat, and I'm happy to be here. Uh, I, my question comes right where you were at. You know, it was, I mean, I'm, I'm on page 64. I was actually about to read what you just, you know, being convinced of self. 
And one of the things that uh, I'm curious about is that over the last six months, uh, I was kind of the way I was describing it was being able to be, you know, this is my 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 brain on, on this side and, and actually seeing it function, seeing it go, kind of go, wow, man, look at that thing, uh, that alcoholic brain uh, at the time I was calling it uh, go. Um, and, and so there was a separation occurring and there were other times where when I'm in it, uh, you know, I, I don't realize I'm in it. And, and so I guess that's my question is how, if you could help me bring self in focus a little bit uh, and expand more on what you were just saying. And then maybe to also help me clarify the concept of the, uh, of the thief and the policeman when it comes to and talking uh, about self. Um, well, yeah. Well, that's a lot, but let's, all right. So let's just say these talks here are offering like Chuck Chamberlain wrote a book, A New Pair of Glasses. So we're offering a new pair of glasses. So while you're observing your life, we're going to put on a new pair of glasses and see what comes back through your observing life through these new pair of glasses yeah so maybe with these new pair of glasses you'll see a lot of the stuff that comes under the banner of you isn't really you yeah yeah like thoughts like uh what we call alcoholics how could they be yours if a lot of people have them yes so these things it's these it's an understanding because you there is a certain state of observing all the time going on yes in our lives there's an observing that's how the interpretation gets written in a sense so while that observing is going on we don't understand it's already wearing a pair of glasses a self-centered pair of glasses yeah so we're hoping just to put on these other pair of glasses so the same information you're seeing will bring back a different message yes yes so that's that's what's happening is you're going to observe more of what you're not yeah that's what's going to happen now the thief and the policeman is trippy because that that enters another understanding which is that this place is a dualistic uh, event, yeah? A duality, a two-ness. So subject, object, this or that, male, female, day, night, yes? It's yeah. like a, a two-ness involved. Well, the selfing is the same way. So the selfing, yeah, goes on unnoticed and suddenly it becomes noticeable. Let's say you enter a program. So now, an aspect of what you would call you is seen as something else. They call it ego, let's say, but let's call it self, okay? But you don't understand that 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 same system of self you're seeing a little of has claimed to be the seer of it, yeah? So there's there's a two-ness of selfing. There's the observed self and there's the observing self. A lot of people enter one level where they, they're, they're trying to get knowledge of the observed self. They don't realize the selfing has claimed the observing, yeah? 
So it's like the thief now is being looked at the, by from the policeman's point of view, and they're both brothers, let's say. Yeah, they're both on the height, the same heist. Yeah. So this is the duality of selfing. It's the observed self, and then there's the observing self. Yeah. Neither of them are you. The observing is very cool, but the mental state has claimed it and and is implied that you're the observer. That's the bondage of self. The observing gets claimed like everything else does. Yeah. If you're not aware of that, you'll be looking from it. You'll be looking from oh, I'm this is real. This is the real Paul looking at the false Paul. No. Right. Right. Yeah. So that's but that's uh yeah that that ble- bleeds into the other talks I do, which is um, non-duality on Wednesdays and Saturdays. Perfect, perfect. Yeah. I'll see you there as well then. All right, thank it. you. Yeah, yeah. Good stuff. Oh yeah, thank you. I appreciate these very very good questions. Yeah, cheers, Donovan. And that's um you can find uh, Paul Zoom account at his website at zenbitchslap.com go to his zoom room and his calendar there and you'll be able to go straight to it from his website so it's highly recommended that's on a yeah so wednesday and uh, saturday so a uh, final question to debbie in the uk how are you debbie oops hello i'm okay thank you david hi everyone really lovely to be here again Paul, I'd just like to thank you and the listening space here for really helping me to turn around something recently. But I wasn't wasn't sure, um, what did I manage to do? Someone came to my door that I'd been having a, a big relationship issue with over the five years. And I paused when I was agitated and I just walked out around my room, collected my own things that I was supposed to be collecting and actually said to this universal energy, please give me a hand. I can't find the words to sort this out. (laughs) And I went back to the door and it was so beautiful because these words came and I'm not sure, uh, right, so these words came. Um, I don't want to spend time with, I don't, I don't want to have a, a deep, um, intimate relationship with someone whose spirit, who, whom with I feel like I have to defend my spirit. Now, is that, um, that felt, felt beautiful somewhere because it felt like, wow, bloody hell, that feels like the truth. Yeah, it just felt like the truth. And I have felt so relieved since then. I've been able to laugh at myself a lot more about things. But the other question that comes up from other people to me is, aren't you just being really addicted to recovery? (laughs) (laughs) Haven't you replaced that addiction by being addicted to this exploration of... uh, the variety that you seem to be going for. What would you say to that? <laughs> well, that's somehow how you negate an addiction with another addiction. Mm. Yeah. When the mental state uses one addiction, it causes the need for another. You now have another solution. 
people may call it a spiritual addiction, but that spiritual addiction is going to negate the other addiction. And then you're going to, and then its role as an addiction, as an addiction will be dismissed. Yeah. It will look like an addiction because that's what's necessary to combat the other older one. Yeah. I mean, I had to be gung ho about recovery because I was super gung ho about fucking self-destruction. So it was like, I couldn't, uh, like they say, you know, you have to take your sobriety like you took your using. I mean, you did it every day, didn't you? And shit like that. So there you go. Doesn't mean stays like that it means it's that's the necessary uh mix at the time and then things chill out and then you become like a free free range alcoholic you're not addicted to anything yeah yeah basically the addictions are really to an idea of self yeah that's the uh, that's the primary addictions that migrates into the active addiction and active recovery it's always you you're the biggest addiction that, that that's the real fabric that's uh, that's running through our the fabric of our existence is you, 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 you. <laughs> so, yeah, <laughs> honey, take it easy. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks, everyone. Good on you, Debs. Thanks very much. So, Paul, I think that's just about it for the day. So do you want to say goodbye to everyone? Oh, yeah, yeah, great. Yes, I will. David, thank you for this. And uh, yeah, thank you. Thank you. If you have any problem with these talks, bring it up to David. He's the one who set them up. So, <laughs> vice versa. If you have any kind of gratitude, then David set it up. All right. So uh, we got Rob not too far, far. We got Marty sitting there. He's in self-inquiry at all times. It always. Hey, Mike, did you get my message about Malcolm? You just send me the information. Thanks. Uh, Drew, Drew, what is this? Uh, I don't see. Oh, the language of the heart. Yes. Drew's got a lovely uh, cover there. Paul? Paul, we're not in T-shirt weather anymore. No, eh? No. It's okay. Walter. Nice to see you, Walter. Alphadama. Uh, we got Phil, Phil W. Oh, Phil. Nice to see you, Phil. Phil's, uh, he's, he's in the, he's in the school of crazy wisdom. Gary Clark. Nice to see you, Gary. You've got a window in the corner now. That's good. We got Merrill, Merrill with the lovely baby. Nice to see you, Merrill. Roman, my German friend. Yes. Nice to see you, Roman. My Northern England friend, Sydney, my local friend, Donovan, uh, my new friend, Justin, my relieved friend, yes, John W., my outdoor friend, and my Chicago friend. Uh, oh, I missed someone there. Hold on. Oh, no, it was Donovan again. We got Mickey, the matriarch of Madeira. Yeah. You're friends with Mickey or you're in trouble. Yeah, we got we got Stefan. 
Nice to see you, Stefan, again. Stephen, not of Paris, but of Glasgow. We got Maury. Maury is going, uh, he's going to full seed now. He's got the hair, the, the beard. There you go. Leah, always good to see you, Leah. Yes. It's been a huge transformation watching you from the beginning. Very good. You may not believe it, but I, I do. Vanessa, nice to see you, Vanessa. We got George, Georgie. Nice to see you, Georgie. Pleasure to meet you. Michael, as always, we got God's vision, Goddess vision. Yeah. Goddess vision. Very nice. Nice to see you, Goddess. We got Maggie. Uh, we got Ross and Sharon and Jack G and Ailey and Diane, Blue Sky and Dante and Joseph, Amy, uh, everyone else. Thank you so much for this opportunity. And have a great day, everyone. Adios. Bye. See you, Paul. Thanks very much, mate. Always. Cheers, mate. All right, then. Thanks, everyone. Thanks very much. Um, and just for anyone who's in the know, uh, just to say again, um, tomorrow we're speaking to 